tuned in to Psychic Parrot, the podcast about amazing animals and the strange power of pets with Al and Fred. Ready? Yeah. God, I hope this is recording. Imagine if that was the final joke. That we rec- we didn't actually record the episode and we just had a chat for oh, a, an hour. <laughs> I discover it on Tuesday. <laughs> Oof. Let's sit a little closer. Can you sit a little closer? Mm-hmm. Hello and uh, welcome to the last physical episode of uh, Psychic Parrots. Until July. 3035. Oh, how do you know? I'm psychic. Or you have a psychic parrot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Frederick Ekhoff, and this is Alistair Goodwin, and yeah. we are psychic parrot. We are, for the last time, yeah. until that date I just said. Let's explain. Um, on Monday, uh, Al is moving from Copenhagen to Wellington. New Zealand. New Zealand. Somewhere in New Zealand. Yeah. In the, in the hunt for a one, mower. One, two, three, fake street of uh, nowhere town. Yeah. We've decided I'm going to go for some field research and mm. go and look for mythical animals of New Zealand. We're sending you out in the field. Let's yeah. look at it like that. Yeah, exactly. So if I don't come back, it's because something... The moose got to you. The moon dolphins <laughs> <laughs> finally got me. Okay, season finale. Like my in expectations here is going to be a little bit emotional because it's the last time we do it uh, in the same room. Um, but it's also gonna get a little bit wacky, maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> for me, this is just more of a roundup. Yeah. I'm tying up a few loose ends. Uh, yeah. Just to make it a tight and seamless uh, season. <laughs> yeah, we're hoping to give the listener this, that like aha yeah. moment and uh, think that that's how they solved this case. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be a few things that we go through. First, I thought like we would start with a short interview with Frederick Ekhoff. <laughs> <laughs> Me? Yeah, just a couple of questions. Okay, yeah. so... The media can like cut and copy. No, just because we just to get to know the people that made the podcast uh, okay. a little bit more because we're a unknown quantity. Yeah. You know? Then I'll do a quick interview with you after, maybe. If you feel the need. Okay. I'll see you after <laughs> this. Maybe I'll interview myself. No. <laughs> see how wrong this goes. Why did we start Psychic Parrot, Fred? It is. Just because uh, we wanted to start a podcast and then uh, we tried to figure out what we were interested in. And we concluded psychic animals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we knew nothing about it when we started. Now we are, you know, yeah, barrels of information. Like, I never go to parties. You moving to a town of 40,000 people. Maybe there's some barn barn dances there that you can yeah. uh, impress people with uh, facts about alligators. mid dozy doe, I can uh, <laughs> whip off a dolphin fact. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's a good impression of New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Go back to my cowboy hat collection. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Still there. 
It's, it is, of course, in a, in a vault in the cowboy hat bank in no. New Zealand. <laughs> they only tra- trade in cowboy hats. And okay. seal blubber. Seal blubber. <laughs> Controversial. That's not true. It's whale. It's always whale. It's, whale. <laughs> it's never been anything else than whale. What's the most paranormal thing that's ever happened to you? I'll tell you. Um, Please do. That's <laughs> That was uh, one night, and it's only like this spring, late winter, spring. I was out uh, walking my dog Mungo in the cemetery, as we usually did at that time. And then I was sitting at a bench in that cemetery, and Mungo was noodling on the grass. And then I saw a blue, a bright blue light appearing, like way up in the atmosphere. Or whatever, like, and then going straight down and not to the ground, but like stopping above the ground. What? And then the whole line disappeared, not like faded, but just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And I, I'm, I, I'm a huge skeptic. I don't believe in anything. So. I'm just sitting there, just like, what was that? Like, is that a meteor, or is it like, why is it blue? Yeah. What um? What's your explanation? The meteor. That's your the the official UFO explanation. A weather balloon. A weather balloon. <laughs> so when Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones come knocking at the door. Ooh. Maybe they already. No, I I remember it, so they haven't erased my. Yeah. Mm. Well, maybe they just erased the second half. But it it's weird. It is pretty paranormal. Like I could, if I was, if I had a slight tingle of uh, UFO about me, then you know I could go and brag about this the rest of my life. I could sit in, in that yeah. cemetery every night, hoping for it to happen again. <laughs> Take me with you. <laughs> but Take I don't. Me with you. Yes, I do. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's because of the dog. <laughs> One day, I yeah. think. I saw a UFO once mm. that turned into a bird. Ah. Uh. But for a second there, I was a believer. Yeah. While this, it was out on the beach and this light was moving irregularly around the sky. And I was just like, that. Just what moves like that? And I was like, oh my, I think I'm seeing a UFO. Mm. And then it turned into a seagull. It was just, a, it wasn't even a hummingbird because hummingbirds do like that. They're mm. like helicopter flying. No. I was, I was so disappointed, but for just a moment, yeah, I believed. A split second <laughs> till you focused your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite animal song? Favorite animal song? Uh, you know which one is my least favorite animal song? I am the walrus. No. That's high, high on the list. I hadn't even thought about that. That might be my favorite one, but I can't say that um, now. But my least favorite, and it turns into a Beatles discussion straight away. I'm a mm. big Beatles fan. Rocky Raccoon is such a stinker of a song. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I know it's controversial, but here it is. Yeah. That wasn't the question, though. No. <laughs> but fair enough. That is a horrible song. Yeah. Ooh, on the spot here. I'll just stay on the Beatles, actually. Bungalow Bill? Yeah. What did you kill? Bungalow Bill? Yeah. Yeah. That song about killing an animal. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's anti, 
anti-killing an animal, you know? That's, uh, it's not John Lennon just like, here's this great guy going out (laughs) shooting tigers with his mom. (laughs) Hey, what did you kill? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It always brings his mom. Yeah. How about your favorite animal joke? Do you have an animal joke? Oh, a zebra, a lion, and a donkey walked into a cafe, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was going to be the joke. Yeah, I know, but I didn't have one. (laughs) I I don't have any jokes ever. I I can't memorize jokes. I can memorize song lyrics, but not jokes for some reason. I couldn't, if you said to me, tell me a joke at any certain time. Even like right after hearing a joke. Yeah, you can't do it. I can't do it. I don't know. Planned humor is not my thing. I um I heard a good animal joke yesterday. Oh yeah. On the Richard Herring Leicester Square Theatre podcast, and it was uh, this woman goes into a pet shop, and mm. there's a really cheap parrot, like unbelievably cheap. And she's like, goes to the counter and says, "Hey, why is this parrot so cheap?" And he's like, "Oh." It, used to live in a brothel so it's got quite a colourful vocabulary <laughs> um, so it's heavily discounted and she's like oh well you know I think I can uh, deal with that so um, yeah I'll take it I'll take it home and so she gets home and the parrot goes oh lovely new furnishings lovely new room and then uh, the two uh, daughters walk in and the parrot goes oh Lovely new ladies, <laughs> lovely. And then the husband gets home and he goes, Hey, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. Yeah. I like okay. that joke. Good. I realized that this interview works as an interview f- of yourself as well. When I can't answer, you can provide one. Yeah. That's good. Sometimes. I should tell you about my most paranormal experience. But you did. You said you saw a new UFO. I've had a more paranormal experience than that. Okay. I think I told you about it, maybe. When I made those chips, made chips. I made I made some oven chips, sweet potato chips to be precise. Put them mm. in the oven for twenty minutes on two hundred plus degrees. Took them out, put them on a plate, went to eat them, ate a few, and then ate one, and it was still cold. Just completely raw. Out of the oven. How did it manage to not get heated? <laughs> <laughs> That's a case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to post it to the paranormal Reddit thread and it got taken down. What? They thought you were uh, pulling legs. I wasn't. It actually well, happened. Yeah. An interdimensional chip is my uh, my guess. <laughs> I think it was a, a cycle that, yeah, my, yeah, I got somebody's frozen chip and one guy found a fully cooked chip in his frozen chips in the uh, multiverse theory Mm. that everything skipped one to the right and some guy is missing a chip and doesn't even know it. (laughs) Maybe he has a podcast too and he's talking about eating this frozen, a bag of frozen uh, (laughs) sweet potato chips and uh, suddenly I bit bit into one and then uh, it was warm. (laughs) How did it get warm? Jerry, <laughs> I hope that's I hope that's happening because <laughs> that would also track that he's. 
<laughs> Probably got more hair than me as well, a bastard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no beard. No beard. How many dogs are there, Fred? Oh. <laughs> uh, 42 million. It turns out that my initial estimations and varied answers to this question may have been wrong. <laughs> what? Scandalous. <laughs> I've just read information that might suggest there were over 900 million dogs. Ah, what yeah. What was the original bombshell you I, I, I gave us? I don't even remember. Uh, 140 or 400 million? Yeah. I just, I something was... with a four in it, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are, providers of... Uh, Facts and fiction. A lot, okay, except for maybe what you would call quantitative facts, like numbers. Mm. I think we we mostly get it right. Qualitative <laughs> facts, like opinions and just general information. I think yeah. we, most of the time, are trying to be as truthful as possible. Yeah, right. and mostly we try to provide little seeds for people to... You know, walk off their own little paths about the, these baboons or yeah. donkeys we talk about. It would be nice to think we've inspired people to take up more of an interest in animals, at least, or yeah. want to be nicer to them, or just uh, generally got to know more. The more you know, yeah. the more you grow. Yes, that's our motto. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a segment in... Yeah, I wish. No, that's not, unfortunately. No. What is the median animal? I'm going to guess uh animal with a beak. The duckbill platypus? Yeah. That's a good answer. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an answer. Oh, okay. Because it couldn't possibly exist. But... <laughs> I think you actually just nailed it. <laughs> okay, thanks. Wow. This is, if we ever used fake applause on this uh, podcast, it would be now. Yeah, I, honestly, you've shocked me with that answer. Yeah. You've, okay, next yeah, question. I'm blown away. Actually, that uh, does bring us to the end of the, <laughs> the interview. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, not, what not. was your favorite episode of uh, Psychic Parrot? Ooh. It changes. I think from the first season, it's cats has always been close to my heart, and not as an animal, but as a podcast episode. Um, but from this season and maybe overall, I think, and maybe I'm a little biased, but ducks and dinos that was one of the best times I've ever had making yeah. an episode. Yeah, that was funny. So. Thanks to Rasmus. Yeah, the missing link. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. <laughs> Not in a caveman way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant like the voice of reason we never had. Yeah. Or the voice of fact. <laughs> real knowledge, as we say. Yeah, real knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Real knowledge, as they say in podcasting, something you don't always need. Yes. <laughs> but I thought I'd move on to a few other uh, just more story-based things or things I found out. Okay. 
<clears throat> so, I mean, we know that the happiest dog in India is, of course, the Labrador. Mm. But did we ever get to the bottom of the ha- the happiest animal in the world? One specific animal or a race? A, a, a species. A species in a specific country? Is that the parameters yeah, of this? Yeah, it's, a, uh, it's an Australian fella. Oh. Okay, so it's one... It's Terry in... No, it's not Terry, but I mean... <laughs> Again, like you raise a good point because out of all of these animals, yeah. one of them will be the happiest. <laughs> so yeah. maybe okay, we just okay, haven't okay. pinpointed Terry. They've yeah. just pinpointed his family. What is Terry? Terry is a quokka, oh. a small marsupial native to Australia. In one such example of a species vulnerable to extinction in the country's harsh surroundings, known as the happiest animal in the world due to its cute and friendly appearance. Those creatures are now only found in a few isolated forests and small islands, but the happiest animals in the world. Why are they so happy when they're almost extinct? Because uh, the ones they're all happy to be alive. The ones that uh, that's actually the true test of if a species is the happiest in the world. They are, you know, they're facing the end of their race. Yeah. And they're still really happy. Then you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it would have been humans, that they wouldn't be happy. No. Oh, yeah, maybe you would. You'd just be happy that if you're you... like the last little forest of humans, and you know it's gonna end, and then there's another race, the race just yeah. messing the rest up. Then you're still <laughs> just jolly whistling around the forest. <laughs> yeah, maybe being like, at least I'm the last man alive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. But why are they? Why do they think they're so happy? Oh, uh, I've seen a picture of them. Oh, they just look happy. They look very happy. They do, honestly. <laughs> like a slot looks content. Yeah, but this is this is more pure joy. Like okay. these people have reached a level of fulfillment. Well, not people, but what these. What kind of animal is it? It's a little marsupial, like a little sort of ratty kangarooish uh, okay. thing. Uh, it's called a quacker. Q U O K K A. If you want to look it up. Quacker. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Great. Um, but it did make me wonder, and I couldn't find it, what is the saddest animal? Oh. <laughs> it's, well, what What do you reckon? I think uh, the saddest animal is uh, probably uh, humans. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. We, maybe we have... Without the... getting too, like, existential about it, I mean... That's true. There's though. no other race that struggles with sadness. Oh, maybe yeah, maybe like sporadic sadness rather than. Mm. That's true. I'd never considered the human. Mm. You're full of good answers today, Fred. Huh. I gotta say, I'm on fire. You are literally burning up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. Now this is going to be a um, a psychic parrot first. A mm. bit of local news. Oh. I want to tell you a story about a bird, a little black bird that mm. hangs out in Copenhagen that for some reason I've forgotten the species of, which is a shame. Mm. But uh, looks a bit like a crow. And this guy, so the story is, this guy that I met found this crow fallen out of a nest and nursed him back to health. Oh. And then it just hung out with him until it was getting bigger and then his neighbours complained that the crow was annoying. Hmm. So he had to let it go. 
Mm. And then a week later, it landed on one of his friend's heads. A lot, like a pretty fair distance away, just mm. landed on his friend that looks While a bit like there. him. Ah. No, he wasn't there. And mm. then his friend knew that it was Alan, the, the, the bird. Cool. And returned it back to the original person. Cool. And so that's a bit, eh? And the crow wagged its tail. Yeah, and it thought, but the crow thought it was that his friend was the owner. And mm. how lucky is it that if a crow lands on your shoulder, you actually know the crow and yeah. can return it to its owner? <laughs> Dude, this is like weekly in in my life when I walk my dog Mango. And uh, for all the listeners out there, Mango really loves Al. We call him Uncle Al. Mm. And then yeah, in the streets, there aren't many, but there's some people who kind of look like you. She goes for it every time. Yeah. Thinks it's you. <laughs> Balding, red-bearded, yeah. tired-looking people. <laughs> Confused on a, on a really old bike. Yeah. Uh, and the other part of local news, I saw a fox yesterday. Cool. In Copenhagen, nor- yeah. Norwest. And I didn't know they had foxes in the city here. And it came up and checked me out, and I checked him out or her yeah, out. Yeah, the checkout. Yeah, we never gotten the checkout. S- we stared each other down for a minute hmm. and decided it was best we uh, parted ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, in yeah. the same cemetery I talked about before, Mongo suddenly was like on hot in pursuit of a fox. I was like, I didn't know they were there. Yeah, it's crazy, and <laughs> the fox ran away and it ran away towards the neighboring prison and disappeared you know so yeah. it must have a hole into the prison uh, i should have talked about this in the crime episode i wonder if you can attach toothbrushes and drills to it <laughs> <laughs> chargers <laughs> gentlemen's, gentlemen's magazines yeah Ooh la la so, Fred, that's a lo- that's local news. Yeah. Our first and last time we've ever done that. Great segment. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> now we are returning to a little fella that you wanted to know a bit more about. Ooh. He's Frenchman. He's... The little the little uh, monkey stuck on the ship. Yeah. Oh, my God. My imagination goes crazy every time I think about him. <laughs> well, In... Uh, <laughs> in the French uniform on the ship alone yeah well I did a bit more research into him okay cool so uh, this is from historicuk.com yeah uh, so this was again just to give you the time period it was uh, during the Napoleonic Wars uh, about 200-ish years ago and that's the way I imagine him I imagine oh. him as a little um, Napoleon impersonation monkey <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like behind the rudder of, of a shipwreck. Of a tiny ship. Just <laughs> a tiny monkey ship. come in and just like sees him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hear it. But they got him. They did get him. <laughs> but there's more to it. And I'm glad I found this extra bit of information. Yeah. So some people thought it might be that like there were a lot of satirical cartoons at the time that f- pictured the French as monkey-like creatures with tails and claws. Huh. So propaganda or like things sending around because it was anti-French and nobody had ever seen a Frenchman. Mm. So these pictures, they assumed yeah. that this monkey man in the picture might have been the monkey. Um, and there actually was a trial 
He, ah. he got a trial, this monkey. Oh, I wonder if he'll have a good lawyer. <laughs> yeah, well, it didn't seem like it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it was to ascertain whether or not the monkey was guilty of spying or not. But, unfortunately, the monkey uh, didn't answer any of the questions posed to him by the court hmm. and was found guilty. Did they question them in French, is my question. I don't know if the people of Hartlepool 200 years ago had much French. No, but there must be one in that town town that thinks like, oh, he's a Frenchman, he doesn't speak English. But then you would even answer in French then, if this monkey refused to answer any of their questions. I know that the monkey wouldn't say anything, even if they talked to him in French, but I wonder if the people of this town... We need uh, a translator. If you... Okay, if... Say you you got you were got given five time travel tickets. Mm-hmm. Would this be a place you would go and visit? <laughs> it's a sad end, but to actually. But this could be your opportunity to practice animal law. Go back and be the monkey's lawyer. <laughs> All I would need is a wig. How would you defend that monkey? <sighs> what would you say to sway the townsfolk away from? Well, I mean, I would get my assistant to go out and travel by horse and carriage to like a bigger city and borrow uh, a French prisoner Mm. a real one and then as a surprise witness like when it's all going bad you know right at that last moment you know these guys comes in and uh, your honor I have have an additional witness I need questioning that would be a great uh, you know questioning sequence when I'm questioning the, the real Frenchman and if he would point on if there's any other Frenchman in the room and he would say no, you know, the you, monkey would sit there. <laughs> I honestly think you would be hung alongside the monkey. Oh. <laughs> the town folk would turn on you. No one wants to be embarrassed like that, Fred, especially not people that are willing to hang a monkey. You, I was so ready you, for you to compliment me on my animal law and then I'm you sorry. just slam me. <laughs> <laughs> You're not reading the room. They don't want an intellectual coming in and showing them what a Frenchman looks like. Okay. They need you to prove that he, uh, I don't know, that he's an English spy dressed like a French monkey. A double agent? A double agent. Ah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And then people will praise the monkey instead of <sighs> hanging you. <laughs> the hero of the town. Yeah. Yeah. And then they change the, <laughs> the town to monkey town. Huh. Or Bananaville. Ah, the... Depths of animal law. <laughs> That's a complicated subject. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, but they did. They took him to the town square and hanged the poor monkey. But there is a chance that it was even worse <laughs> than this. <laughs> but to be extra weird, I'm thinking like, if you tried to hang a monkey, if you pull out the chair, the monkey would just take his arms up, lift himself up. Mm. And then, like, go on top of the thing, and then it's like, hey, well, I'm stuck to this thing. Yeah. Maybe chew off the rope. That's true. Yeah. And I don't want a reasonable explanation how they managed to do it, but the Maybe what are they called? The ones that had the a job as an ex- executioner. An executioner. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. A um, choppy man. <laughs> hangman. 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 <laughs> You know, when he meets up, 
<laughs> I work at this little shitty town and like his boss just like, okay, today <laughs> we're hanging a Frenchman and then he yeah. shows up and it's this little monkey. I don't do monkeys. Yeah. I don't do monkeys. <laughs> Too much hassle. I don't yeah. do Frenchmen. <laughs> I just climb up the it. rope. <laughs> yeah. That's maybe that's where the expression "you can't hang a French monkey" comes from. Oh, didn't know that expression. I just made it up there. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> it's not popular in Norway. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I was saying, it might have been worse than them hanging a monkey. We're treading into dark territory here. Oof. There is an expression for like a small child that is employed on a warship to like prime the cannon and put in the gunpowder and stuff, and they were mm. called powder monkeys. Oh yeah. So it might be that they just hung a child, and not a not a uh, monkey. Oh, we're not even certain it's a monkey. Well, it's just speculation, but most people would say it was a monkey. Then there's also this like local rivalry between a place called Darlington and Hartlepool, and the Darlington fans will will chant "Who hung the monkey?" at them as the insult when they're playing Ooh, soccer or football. Well and apparently one of the mayoral candidates uh, dressed up like a monkey <laughs> and his election slogan was free bananas for school children <laughs> <laughs> this town is bonkers he didn't keep that promise but he did get reelected two more times even without keeping the promise even without giving <laughs> bananas to school children. It's like, the assistant's just like, but we can't do that. Bananas are expensive. Yeah, exactly. Too much potassium. We'll have to take the, their milk. Yeah. <laughs> no milk, no bananas. Yep. Too French. Too French. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, that's all I have for you, Fred, but I think that kind of adds a little bit more flavor to that uh, monkey shines. Yeah, it does. It doesn't stop my speculations of what happened to the crew. Why did the monkey survive? Like, what state was that ship? Was was it like the monkey just hanging from a mast? Or was it actually in a French, uh, you know, in a cage, unif- uniform, like, freely on the deck, as I imagine? Yeah, or maybe in the cage. But, how, like, how do those guys that come there and just like, he's a Frenchman if he's in the can- cage? True. and But also, if he's free, how do they catch him? And to, <laughs> with biscuits. Yeah. You think you could catch a monkey? With biscuits. With biscuits. Yeah. I wouldn't want to mess with a monkey. <laughs> no. Being bitten by a monkey is like... Yeah. Yeah, but they thought it was a Frenchman, so... Yeah, no, it just yeah. it just keeps, it's uh, it it twists my head that story. I'm glad. Mm. I'm glad out of all of it that we managed to find something that'll keep you up at night, <laughs> <laughs> pondering. <laughs> what was his name? <laughs> Pierre. <laughs> Pierre. <laughs> Monsieur Banana. <laughs> yeah. So the next segment, we're going to start with a joke, Fred. Ooh. Did you know that T Rex eat worms? They are early birds. What? They are early birds. Oh yeah, they. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping for that response. (laughs) 
That's all you ever dreamed of. Yeah. Oh, that was a joke I was uh, told earlier, and it blanked me for a long time. <laughs> I honestly, it got very awkward because the person that told me, I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's confusing. Not a joke at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the but, reveal is just very confusing. But mm. after the dinosaur episode, I decided to have a look more into the people were questioned dinosaurs. The anti-dinosaur or the Ooh. Christians against dinosaur people. And what were they up to? So I thought I would ask you to answer a few of the questions that they pose. To, okay. To say that, that dinosaurs are either still here or never happened. Either still here or never happened. It's like Jurassic Park without the park, where they just keep all the dinosaurs for themselves. I'm thinking dinosaurs with sunglasses. Yeah, well, just you know, all, it's just a rich, elite, rich people with dinosaurs <laughs> and scientists. Oh, yeah, and they're using their dinosaur-based technology to do things. Mm. It's tough. It is it's tough. Hear it then. Yeah, well, they need the T Rexes for the uh, for the fighting on the moon. Oh yeah, the fighting on the moon. Right, so it's a call, it's a callback to episode seventeen. No. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so here we go. Did people think of dinosaurs before they found their bones? Did pig paleo pressure archaeologists into finding and constructing dinosaurs out of random animal debris? Am I supposed to answer? Yeah. Did so they did you think No. Did people think of dinosaurs before the bones were found, before fossils? Which came first, the fossil or the concept of a dinosaur? Oh, I don't know how it all started, actually. I'd, I'd, I'd go and check that out, but... Some would say that a shadowy, uh, a shadowy like, group uh, uh, pressured feel... people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's the answer. But what do you think? <laughs> I, I think I've read about like how they found the first dinosaur bones and the confusion around that but was there like a no i think there was natives that found the first dinosaur bones there were rumors came about giant you know Mm. animals giant bones and then they figured out it's a fossil Mm. that's that i think is part of the actual story but i would have been like Eight when I read that story, so <laughs> trusting know. information from eight-year-old <laughs> Frederick Engel. <laughs> oh. But these guys seem to think that yeah, like big paleo, mm. this uh, shadowy corporation. First, I thought this, you said pig paleo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this Knights Templar of paleontology, mm. just pressure archaeologists. Mm. Um, so why are there no dinosaurs now? Um, because they're extinct. But um, the Earth's only six thousand years old, Fred. Huh? The Earth is only six thousand years old. Oh. There's no mention of dinosaurs in the Bible, and carbon dating is voodoo science. Oh, and it seems that it's partly greedy paleontologists seeking fame and fortune in the lucrative field of bone dusting. See, when you <laughs> say paleontologists, like in my head, it's just. The images that shows up is Ross from Friends, yeah, and uh, it's Dr. Grant from uh, from Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yeah. Thank you. It's got to be one or the other. It's not uh, government uh, 
conspiracy people, I imagine, when I think of paleontologists. They're always a little goofy, you know? <laughs> How can, yeah. But maybe it's perfect, like, if the, the actually shadowy organization is filled with goofy people. I believe so. <laughs> I believe they, if they do exist, it's a pretty goofy bunch. <laughs> it must be. <laughs> oh. A lot of Hermans and Norberts. Yeah. <laughs> the cantina yeah. at the secret underground uh, conspiracy lab. Dinosaur lab. Dinosaur lab. Where they just have fucking Jurassic Park on repeat. Yeah. Oh, this is off. This is off. <laughs> they play like foosball uh, yeah. with where the character where the actual players are little dinosaurs yep for sure <laughs> Jurassic Park pinball yeah, yeah. all the stuff <laughs> but having said that Fred why have they only found fossils and not bones <laughs> why um, <laughs> because fossils were bones at some point there's no complete skeletons that have been found Most of these dinosaurs were invented by a shadowy paleontologist 200 years ago. Now we have better science. We see their physiology and biology makes no sense at all. They have no feathers and shit. Slam. What do you say? Boom. Dinosaurs broken down, deconstructed. Delete the dinosaurs episode from your mind. It's all fake news. Oh, God. I wish we would have Rasmus here to clear that up. He would have a response for you. I'm just sitting here. <laughs> I was just trying to, uh, you know, simulate a pressured situation where someone might. <laughs> well simulated. Thank you. I felt pressured. Good. Did you feel any different about dinosaurs? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> <But> it's... <laughs> the way you slammed down my arguments and made me confused, uh, it yeah. was very believable. I'd like to splinter off into angry YouTube rant videos where yeah. I just uh, tell you why dinosaurs aren't real. Because <laughs> you know, after Psychic Parrot, what, what can we possibly do creatively? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, Fred, another special treat. I went back and I did some research on a certain bush kangaroo. Skippy! I did. No! <laughs> I dug deep into the water. His, his holiness. Yeah, his holiness. I don't know. I don't know who said this, because it just says in my notes, quoted as one of the most intelligent Australians she's ever met. So I'm assuming he's talking about the Queen? I don't she? know. She? You don't, we don't know who we, she is. We don't know who she is. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> but whoever she is. <laughs> Our, like, jo- journalistic uh, standards are... Uh... <laughs> oh, uh, we're at Brad and Sherry Henson Steiger. Yeah. Like, bloody Tiger. Can we verify this? <laughs> So, a couple of uh, basic Skippy facts. It ran for three years. Ah. 91 episodes. Oh, well done. 128 countries. 300 million viewers a week. Ooh. Translated into 25 languages. And there is a shopping centre in Trondheim called the Skippy Shopping Centre that recently closed down and is now the site of Skippy Records. <laughs> <laughs> in Norway. I lived in Trondheim. Yeah. Did you ever go to the Skippy shopping center? Never. I I was unaware. I watched Skippy as a child, which is amazing. You know, 
in Norway and it's yeah. well they loved it so much they named a shopping center after him so any uh, any like um, any rumors of why they shut it down after only three years what no they just I think they're just like nine, of... 91 episodes we can't think of another <laughs> trick or like yeah. way for Skippy to solve the yeah, I think their money pit was full and they didn't want to dig another money pit. Okay, because they just bought an island. Yeah, they just went, crikey, this, yeah. I can afford at least 75 <laughs> Fosters with the money I've made. <laughs> Skippy with sunglasses. Yeah, I'm going to buy myself a kangaroo farm <laughs> just out of Melbourne. <laughs> a little umbrella drink. Yeah, exactly. Well, as they say, Skippy was pretty pivotal in creating our impression of Australia and the kangaroo arms. Mm. that haunt my dreams now that I've seen all this stuff. (laughs) It started in 1956 with Skippy's creator, Lee Robinson. He went to the States and saw Flipper and thought, maybe there's something in that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I knew it was just stolen. (laughs) Exactly. We could do that, but not with a dolphin. What what do we got to do? There's a kangaroo bat at the back. Get him. <laughs> I'm just picturing the writer's office at Skippy, uh, like on episode uh, 84. It's like, oh, what are you going to do now? And then I watch another yeah. season of Flipper to <laughs> lift something up there. <laughs> not a sea lion. He's not going to catch pirates. He's going to catch land pirates. What's a land pirate? Hmm. <laughs> Crikey, Jeff, that's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Originally, it was considered too Australian for the Australian market. (laughs) And the aim was to just sell it overseas. (laughs) What? These business people are crazy. No wonder they bought an island. Yeah. And so (laughs) part of the thing I watched, so during the, like, initial discussions with or one of the animal trainers, Scotty Denham, um, at a local pub. He had a uh, python wrapped around his belly. At all times. Uh, just originally while he was doing the job interview. Right. But it seemed like like animal trainer was a pretty uh, loose term mm. in, this, uh, in, this, in this one. So <laughs> they also considered different names for Skippy. So I'd, can you try and guess a different name for Skippy? <laughs> I actually managed to read uh-huh. one of them out. First time I've ever read your notes. Jimmy? Jump, jumpy. Jumpy. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Poppy uh, or Springy. Springy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the Simpsons Olympic uh, mascot. Yeah. And apparently the pilot was about a pilot, which, I don't know, is that always the case? No, maybe not. The pilot was about the pilot? Yeah, getting in trouble. Ah. In the epic. So it seemed like Skippy training was done on the fly originally. They only had one kangaroo, and it seemed at least in the pilot that uh, banging pots and pans uh, just were used to make it look in different directions. So that was, yeah. And you have to condition train a kangaroo, and they just did this as they went, because no one had trained a kangaroo before, because okay. there was no need for it. So, so just, They just started. They were just using random. So just... Just it was crazy. So that's can- the funny thing. You can kind of tell when you watch Skippy that that kangaroo is just like not even trying anything. It's just there. Yeah, it's not really. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I'll get into it. Yeah. So the kangaroo is not a very intelligent animal, apparently. 
So what they would do is just keep Skippy in a sack and let her out just before filming so that she was disoriented and confused and would just stay in the one spot before she would start running off. And a lot of the time the kangaroo would just run away because it's just a wild kangaroo. (laughs) And then they would just have to run around trying to catch it. (laughs) They They had between 10 and 12 Skippies because they would always bolt. <laughs> They'd come out of the sack, hang out for a bit, and then try and run off. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I wish there was, like, a making-off docu about uh, Skippy. That would be an amazing well, docu. This is where I'm getting the information from. I watched the making-of. <laughs> seriously? Yeah. Oh. I watched an hour documentary about Skippy. Excellent. Yeah. So, yeah, Skippy was a method actor. He would immerse himself in the role of a wild animal. <laughs> Yeah, because his trainer was originally a dog trainer because, yeah, kangaroo trainers hadn't really existed up to that point. Skippy had a manifesto, like the program, Mm. and the Skippy manifesto was Skippy is not a pet. Like, this is the outline of the episodes. You had to follow these rules to write Mm. an episode of Skippy. Yeah, so Skippy is not a pet. Policemen are always your friend. Mateship predominates authority. Skippy means freedom in Australian. Okay. Not that last one, actually. (laughs) Maybe, actually. I don't know. I think maybe I added that last one. (laughs) It says in your notes. (laughs) Is this last week, Al, that's pulling a prank on this week's Al? No, but the first three, 100%, that's... The first three, of course, but... We'll we'll take 75%. But I think that one, I think it's just there should be a space there. And there isn't. So, it, but Skippy did a good job for. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> but um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he did a real good job for kangaroo PR, and he turned yeah. what is originally seen as a pest into an icon of Australia. Yeah. Before they were just a giant. Uh, rats sort of thing mm. so kangaroos do not talk like Skippy Skippy talked but he was a bit of a whiskey enthusiast enthusiast like they, what? but to get his lips to move <laughs> well they would either not they don't know they did that to the other animals like <laughs> but they would give they would definitely get the animals drunk it seemed but to get him to like this is so stupid but they would like put a rubber band over his lower jaw what or give him a, like a biscuit or chewing gum to chew on to make his mouth open and then they just figured out they could just give him grass which he would eat anyway and that would make him chew like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> these guys yeah so, besides talking, Skippy had an incredible ability to use her arms, uh, which were just like kangaroo arm arms that they put on sticks that yeah. would hold in front of her. <laughs> yeah, that's pre- very apparent. Uh, she performed a drum solo. She played the piano. In one episode, she piloted a helicopter. <laughs> uh, seems like uh, they just used <laughs> like these arms or just puppeted Skippies. Usually, kangaroo seems to just use their arms for scratching in real life. Yeah, as we do. Yeah, and she also like operates a radio at one point. So yeah, it was nine episodes of Skippy before the first human female entered the show. What? Yeah. 
Apparently they thought back then that the outback was no place for a woman. Like you do, Bonza. So first aired on the UK, seemed like it made a lot of people want to move to Australia. And also, like, if you were on set at Skippy, apparently it was a very bad place to be a woman. And the cameraman and all the other, like, crew were really pervy, and there's all this B-roll of them zooming in at butts and boobs, and it just seemed like they were the most... uh, a big old misogyny pit. Oh my god. Yeah, it was crazy. That is so funny. I had no clue about this when I this episode a while back said like that I was wondering if there was any dirt on Skip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's just actual dirt. I told you that I didn't <sighs> want to besperch the white knight that was Skippy the Bush Kangaroo, but you forced oh, my hand, Fred. Another case. I'm dragging him through the mud. White on Happy now. <laughs> Very happy. <laughs> So, shouldn't be doing this. Um, the the other animals also had a tough, a tough time. There was an emu called Hector. He would require a few a few belts of scotch before uh, he would perform because of his nerves. What? His nerves? Yeah. Well, they were all uh, like they were all wild animals. Like they just they weren't trained. It's not a trained emu. It's just a drunk emu. This is before CBD oil, isn't it? I have no idea. <laughs> that would have helped train an emu to be in a... Uh, a nervous emu. Yeah. Well, I think it's just nervous because it's a wild animal being forced into a sack and filmed for television. <laughs> yeah. And the force e- force-fed chewing gum with a piece of rubber band. Mm. Yeah, exactly. When they just give it grass. Like, that's the obvious thing that's going to make a... Why not give a kangaroo kangaroo food if you want it to chew? Heart of darkness. Mm. Crazy. So yeah, these animals gave the actors lice a lot because you know, <laughs> just and it was all like it seemed like they were just out Rebel in the middle of nowhere. And during the bushfire episode, they almost started a bushfire. <laughs> these guys are just off. And like they found out that kangaroos swim by throwing a kangaroo in some water. <laughs> Different there. Yeah, man. And here's a funny little thing about it. So Swedish psychologists decided <laughs> it was too dangerous for children to grow up thinking that animals could talk and it would lead to a generation of misty-eyed fools. So you couldn't... Sweden had no Skippy. Oh. They banned Skippy because the thought of a talking kangaroo is too ridiculous for the Swedish. That is so weird because when I grew up, I watched weekend morning children programs on the channel three which was like the cable channel it was weird you know Mm. it was a bit like ooh, you have the that channel and there was like the the hosts of that was a swedish lady and a talking frog really what was the frogs called don't remember well i mean here's the question you grew up watching stick skippy would Mm. you consider yourself a misty-eyed fool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> would anyone <laughs> probably not uh, um, so <laughs> moving on um, <laughs> when um, when <laughs> when Skippy toured when Skippy toured Australia she grew a bigger crowd than both the Queen Mother and American President Lyndon Johnson combined okay that's pretty crazy. I'm seeing this like touring schedules where you got like 
Okay, so we got Queen Mother, we got uh, Lyndon Johnson, we got Nixon, we got Skippy. Yeah. <laughs> like, who's the headlining here? <laughs> like, who are we going to print with big letters? Skippy. <laughs> Skippy, supported by the Queen yeah. Mother and the President of the United States of America. Exactly. <laughs> oh, we can leave after Skippy. Yeah. <laughs> But it wouldn't have really been a tour. It would have been, oh, he's coming to Melbourne. Oi, Roger, go and grab a kangaroo. <laughs> Skippy's coming to Melbourne. <laughs> They're not going to transport a kangaroo around, are they? Like... <laughs> yeah. Oh, the scandalous reveal is like when they realize there's no people or kangaroos traveling. It's just a new crew every time. Yeah. Oh, that'd be funny. I don't know if that's true, but I think I think it's possible. We can speculate. Yeah, his first movie was uh, in 1969, Skippy and the Intruders. Okay. Uh, Skippy actually did a lot to cast Aboriginal people in a really positive light as well. Oh, he was. Very... I heard something good. Yeah, no, they were very pro uh, <sighs> pro Australian Aboriginal. I asked for dirt, and now I feel really good about um, some good things about Skippy. Exactly. Well, it's not all bad. No. So, some of the odder episodes, there was a very meta episode about people filming a movie that starred a kangaroo. Oh. And one with a hot air balloon. <laughs> with a hot air balloon. <laughs> so, Skippy cameos in Crocodile Dundee. The Mighty Boosh had Skippy's cousin Skipper. And that is it. That is all my Skippy uh, oh, info. That floored me, man. That... That really floored me. We are live on air with uh, your friend, the psychic part. We are live on air with the psychic parrot podcast. Part two, because we took a break. You're not. We're we're gonna put one and two together this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like a little time lapse in here. Mm. It'd be a very short part two. <laughs> <laughs> so last. Uh, part i'm going to try and explain Should... oh i have one little thing maybe it's better that i do that before sure your grand finale thing well it's not much of a grand finale <laughs> thing but sure all right it can be the grand finale no tell me yeah mm. let's do it that way yeah. <laughs> no because we're tying up loose ends right mm. and if you remember in the ducks episode uh there's that little discussion we had about why there's so many videos of ducks feeding fish uh online yeah, and everyone. Well, I'm not gonna say everyone has seen the video of a duck feeding uh, fish, but it happens a lot. I've always wondered why this is, and I actually went on the interweb and uh, found out why. Wow! And <laughs> it there's a thing with ducks that they can't eat anything without liquids. Mm. So any time they go and pick something they want to eat, they have to go and put it in water to swallow it. Yeah. So the duck is not actually trying to feed the fish, it's just trying to eat, and then the fish uh. come and steal it every time. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes back and forth. Uh. <laughs> Until the fish is so full that they don't eat anymore. And then he gets his fill. And then, oh. <laughs> Good reveal, huh? That's amazing. Yeah. So that's like wow. There's an explanation for everything. There is. Yeah. You can't give an animal dry food or a duck or a swan. You can, but they'll go straight to the pond and dip it in it. That is an amazing explanation for that. Mm-hmm. 
rather than it just being some wacky maternal yeah. imprinting thing that we speculated. Yeah. It's so just the, mistakenly <laughs> feeding the fish. It's just fucking sisyphusing itself. <laughs> yeah. It's rolling a, a seed boulder up a hill and a fucking fish is pushing it down every time. <laughs> it's, it's as frustrated as a duck can get. That's amazing. Mm. I really did not think that was going to be the answer to... Oh, I've been sitting on that information wow. for a while now. You've mm. astounded me. <laughs> yes! Wow. Oh, shit. That's going to take a moment. So now I'm going to be up at night thinking about that. <laughs> and monkeys in cages. Or not in cages? <laughs> in little Napoleon uniforms. <laughs> but then I guess we're getting to the what would be the final section hmm. of uh, Psychic Parrot. What is hooves? Yeah, I'm... I know a slight bit. I, I guess you're asking me, right? Yeah, I'm asking you for a speculation. I've done a bit of a, a mm. bit of research. So in my head, Hooves, Hooves Bill, is mm. your alter ego, a creation of you that also has an Instagram account and is uh, mainly interested in horse-based humor and. Well, shall I tell you? Yes. Uh, or at least I'll give you my uh, my <laughs> is that summation. that a bad answer? I no, that know. is the right answer. That is like it's 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 close. It's close. <laughs> I just have some other thoughts for you, Fred. Okay. I've, I've done some. This is the final paranormal bit of research. Ooh. Mm, I've decided. Yeah. So, I'm not entirely sure is the answer. <laughs> but he started life as a horse with a Tinder profile. He was an Olympic-grade show-jumping horse who came to Denmark to find the man who killed his brother. He had a hot temper and was under investigation for allegedly kicking Jerry the stable boy. Who's Jerry again? Just as the stable boy. Mm. Just a random figment of my imagination. <laughs> yeah, but don't you remember a bit the, the parallel multiverse version where there's a podcast? Oh, that Jerry. And there's a guy there. The oh. You in that world is Jerry. You're Jerry Ooh. in that world. Oh, my God. That's weird. Mm. Wow. Yeah, blew you. That is <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's added something to think about. Mm. You're Jerry the Stable Boy. But, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> also a co-host. <laughs> also a co-host. Jesus Of a podcast. In a parallel universe. That's something to think about. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Hooves loves drinking equine, has an unbridled enthusiasm for life, and was seeking a stable relationship. I then used him to boost posts of my candle business on Facebook. He was very argumentative during that phase. (laughs) Then I found a portrait of him that someone had sewn onto a piece of fabric. (laughs) All right. And yeah, now, as Fred said, he's got an Instagram account, but he's silent. He doesn't talk that much anymore. Strangely, for a while, he moved into my mind space and occupied a pretty good chunk of the metaphorical area in which I project my thoughts. <laughs> he was uh, blocking some negative energy I was dealing with. This led me to believe I had inadvertently birthed a tulpa. What is a tulpa? A tulpa is a physical materialization of a thought resulting in the creation of a being or object. The practice of tulpa making originated in Tibet and was used by monks trying to meditate things into existence. Ooh, uh-huh. I am not a monk, 
nor do I have an understanding of the Tibetan sigils that would be required to manifest hoofs. Some say that tulpas, or that some tulpas are manifested in order to harm someone, but will ultimately turn on their creator. So unless I'm at a harm Jerry the Stable Boy, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure about this, but because Hooves is benevolent, as far as I know. <coughs> he's not a violent horse. So I don't think he's a tulpa. But he does exist in a virtual space, and he's kind of a cyber horse. <laughs> so he's sort of like a cyber tulpa thing. So then I took it down a different path of investigation and looked into Jin. Um, a jinn is like a, in the Islamic tradition, a sort of entity, like an angel or a demon, mm -hmm. or one thing along these sorts of lines. Uh, so here's your basic uh, jinn uh, explanation from the Encyclopedia Britannica. Uh, jinn or genie um, are a mythological or supernatural spirit below the level of angels and devils. You come in different classes. There are ones that are made of flame or air. Uh, and then they say it's a mighty people who are created of smokeless fire. And they're capable of assuming human or animal form. And are said to dwell in all conceivable inanimate objects. Trees, stones, ruins underneath the earth, in air and in fire. Oil lamps. In oil lamps, exactly. So they can be just about anywhere. So just to get a more clear thing of if who was a djinn, I decided to look into what type of djinn he might be. And he could be a Kareen, which in Arabic means constant companion. So there is a belief in Islam that we are all born with a djinn or Kareen, and they can either help or hinder you. Is who's my spiritual double? I don't know. Does he have bad intent? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so because he sends me messages on Instagram with funny animal videos quite regularly. Oh, okay. You're in contact with hooves. <laughs> yes. That's weird. I am. <laughs> he doesn't talk to me anymore. <laughs> he could also be a, what's called a hen, which is a gin that's taken an animal form, or a hasnas, which is a more humanoid animal form. Uh, Jim, but that would make him a tick-belang, and Hooves isn't a tick-belang. Tick-belang. Yeah. So, finally, and most most or least likely, <laughs> he could be a horse ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple choice. <laughs> I reviewed a lot of the photo evidence of horse ghosts. There's actually, if, if you have a moment, Google horse ghosts, because some of them are pretty good. <laughs> There are, there are actual photographs. It's not like paintings. Uh, actual grainy photographs of horse ghosts. Cool. Yeah. It's like the Bigfoot video of horses. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. it's. I mean, it's compelling, but inconclusive at best. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a thriving community of horse ghost believers out there. Message boards and things. But generally, it's just a horse coming back to say goodbye. I never owned a horse. So, again, it's probably not a horse I've owned to come in and say goodbye unless I've made a good impression on a horse once. Past life. Maybe. Parallel universe. And yeah, just generally or just generally no one is haunted by horse ghosts that I've heard of. Well, horses stopped being the primary mode of transportation quite a while ago, so but that 
if horse ghosts are real, there should be more horse ghosts because we use them less and they would be more bitter and stick around. But then... Unfinished purpose. A lot more uh, mm. horses with... A lot more fields to plow. Yeah, unfinished business for horses. What is horses' unfinished business that would keep them in the mortal realm? I feel that horse ghosts are usually like um, hired hands for like um, uh, other ghosts. Yeah, <laughs> like the headless horseman. <laughs> yeah. He needs a ghost. He needs <laughs> a ghost horse. Yeah, because how do you... Okay, you're the headless horseman. How do you convince your horse to also be a ghost? Like the horse... That means the headless horseman's horse ghost also has unfinished business. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it behooves us. He hasn't found the guy that killed his brother. No, but in my true. mind, he's still alive. Mm. So if he dies, he could become a, yeah. a cyber horse ghost. I feel that the horse ghosts are a little bit... Um, I'm not sure if I used the right word. Pragmatic. So that they go in to do their thing. And then, you know, yeah. a headless guy asks, can you fill in for for Roger? I, yeah. You know, he's got a bad knee. <laughs> but how can a ghost horse get a bad knee oh man I don't know but it's like if someone comes back and they're a ghost and they have a limp in life they'll have a limp as ghosts is that true or like a wooden yeah the ghost with a wooden leg or something you're true ghosts don't come back rejuvenated and looking great they always look mm-hmm. scary yeah yeah that's true so yeah if you're a ghost you just are as is Okay, that's an interesting thought. I don't know. I'm not an expert on ghosts, but... Or horse ghosts. Or (laughs) (laughs) even less. (laughs) I'm just thinking that if horse ghosts come back, they have the same aches as they had in life. That's like the curse of being a ghost, that you don't. Angels get away scot-free. They are like that kind, that sort of... Uh, yeah, they're coming kind of back ghosts. kind yeah. of ghost, but the real ghost, <laughs> real ghosts. Yeah. Be- <laughs> before you go through the spiritual car wash and yeah. become forever young, mm. if you don't make it through that, mm. then um, you, yeah. Yeah, I feel that you still get grubby. The clean ghosts have seen the afterlife, while the unclean one or unclean, but. They- <laughs> They haven't, gotten biblical. <laughs> they haven't gotten there yet. They're stuck, you know. Yeah. No, the unclean are stuck on earth, Fred. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I am. Yeah. It has no outside connotation. It just doesn't feel right in the mouth. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't control this mind. True enough. Um, so for the last uh, part of my thought on hooves, I'm going to slip into a different style of podcasting. Oh. Now, Fred, we're going to try a little bit of ASMR. Ooh. Okay? Okay. Good. I guess that hooves will never really be clear in my mind. I think he's a composite of things and reflects a lot of the positive aspects of my life over the last few years. He's a statement to not be afraid of your creativity in the face of perceived judgment. Like this podcast... We made it for the joy of making it. We appreciate the listeners, of course, and we threw aside what we thought an audience would like and replaced it with just doing what we wanted to do and enjoying it. We hope some people got enjoyment out of it as well. 
but, well, it's not what drives us. Create your own benefit, and if anybody wants to come for the ride, so be it. So I'll have an imaginary virtual horse called Hooves. Thank you. Aww. That was great. That was a little piece of poetry, I think. <laughs> Very nice. I appreciate it. Yeah. That's the point where people who's listening to this podcast right, you know, I listen to some podcasts like while I'm falling asleep. Mm. Then I wake up and just like, okay, a sleep friend that's listened to three episodes of this podcast. And, you know, barely mm-hmm. heard anything. But this is the point where yeah. hopefully that they get that far. Doing that voice. Yes. <laughs> that makes people fall asleep instantly. So more or less what's left to do for me is to plug my new podcast, <laughs> uh, which is uh, Wellcast, Getting to the Bottom of Holes. <laughs> where week by week I study different wells from around the world. Oh, and you're starting in Wellington. <laughs> starting in Mesopotamia. Oh. <laughs> and looking at the innovation in buckets. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so tune in. Oh. Yeah, that's the better okay. call soul of uh, psychic parrot. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it will be very popular. Thanks, Fred. <laughs> it's coming out next July. <laughs> but um, to wrap this up and to remind the listeners that this is a real goodbye. Yeah. It's actually happening. He's getting on the plane on Monday, and we're not going to do this again. It's mm. very, very sad for me, and it's sad very, very sad for Al. But Al is going to new adventures. I'm still stuck here. Not you're stuck. A, you're on a new adventure of fatherhood. I am. Yeah, it's its yeah. own adventure. So, to get a little emotional, I have a little gift for you. Oh. <laughs> 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 and, uh, oh. We can do like, uh, you know, when they do unboxing, but yeah. it's not in the box, but I'll just give it to you with the uh, face down. Oh, man. Oh, a picture of Mango. <laughs> <laughs> What's she doing? At her maximum cuteness. <laughs> with her, uh, with her, what are these things called? Fur cones? Pine cone. Pine cones. Oh, that's cute. And just... Uh, on a funnier side, I uh, also got a gift for Fred, but I already gave it to him before the podcast. <laughs> it was a fridge mag- magnet of a Tiger One tank. <laughs> it's out there now. It touched me. Yeah, well, as this has touched me. Mm. Yeah, I thought that um, no matter where you are in the world, uh, you can always have that at your bedside uh, table and uh, think that there's a, a girl out there who loves you. Yeah, well, Mango has a special place in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. No. My pleasure. Uh, and at her cutest. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's about three months old, and she's sitting in the bush with a pine cone, looking yeah. very puppy. Super puppy. Yeah. Well, that's all she wrote. Cool. Any last remark while the techno party next door is threatening to um, collapse the bunker we're sitting in. We're recording in the bunker. I could say two words about that. In all the parks in Copenhagen um, there are bunkers from the Cold War and they're rented out to musicians and or podcasters as yeah. it has become. But now the musicians are taking over with their deep bass Give me the beat, give me the beat. Mm. Yeah, exactly. 
Thanks a lot for listening to this season of uh, Psychic Parrot. Um, I hope there's another one one day. If we're ever back, it will be uh, over technology uh, transported uh, voice files. Yeah. And if you want to get in touch, then Google us. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram. Yeah, we're on Instagram. Yeah. And I think we're on Facebook as well. Yeah. But I think Instagram mostly is... Mostly on Instagram, I yeah. think. I think, yeah. If you ever want to say, hey, we're there. Yeah. And if not, that's also fine. And remember to say, hey, with an A. So it's the form of communication that goats understand. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because Fred's a goat. Oh, that's one, <laughs> one, one last time around the clock, Fred. Okay. If you could be any animal, what would you be? Ooh. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Always on the spot. I would probably be that really happy animal. The quacker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With wings. <laughs> <laughs> good answer good answer thank you uh, well I'm I think you know it's, it's, it's a shame as it is I still think that I'm pretty down and after I saw a video of those turtles running like mm. turtles can move at a pretty decent speed mm. it turns out from a video I saw if you they'll, ever, they'll run in the ring for no apparent reason the tortoise and the hare lied to you mm-hmm that's some that's a breaking news um yeah so maybe it's still the so turtle dissing Aesop's fables I am saying that <laughs> I have grown up thinking that turtles are slow or yeah. tortoises are slow and I was proven wrong uh-huh. so I mean I apologize to tortoises mm. for that negative stereotype that's been imposed on the them slamming yeah. yeah and in honor of that I think I would like to be a tortoise <laughs> okay <laughs> with wings with wings I was about to ask with fins. Yeah. <laughs> with fangs. Yeah. Blood sucking tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> classic vampire tortoise. Yeah. <laughs> and as you hear, we can just keep going. But uh, we will. Uh, Call it a day there for the last time. Yeah. This is Frederick Eckhoff, and uh, with my co-host Alistair Goodwin, we are and were sucking pear. Bye. Bye. <laughs>